Well, glad to see you uh, this evening, despite the weather. We have been plugging away in real-life discipleship, and uh, we just have a few weeks left going through this, and we are making our way around the wheel, and uh, just kind of recap where we've been, especially if we've got a few new people in here. It's always a great reminder for us, uh, just kind of recap very quickly the last few weeks. Uh, we've defined what a disciple is. A disciple knows and follows Christ, is changed by Christ, and is committed to the mission of Christ. And we get this out of Matthew 4.19. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. Then we introduced uh, the wheel, uh, the first segment of the wheel, spiritual, uh, uh, spiritually dead, spiritual infant, child, young adult, and parent. And uh, we looked at uh, specific key words that characterize each one of those. And by the way, tonight you do have that wheel on the back of your small group sheet there, so you guys can see that if it's hard to see on the screen. Then we looked at three keys to disciple making that are really important. Intentional leader. An intentional leader takes someone from point A to point B. Uh, there's a relational environment there, that component that's very important in the disciple making process. And then the reproducible wheel, which is the map. It's kind of what we're plugging along through and learning what that map, uh, how a map helps an intentional leader move someone from, uh, from one place uh, to the other. And so out of that, uh, Will's kind of taking a, a, a deeper look. We're looking at, taking a deeper look here at the wheel. And last week, we specifically talked about uh, spiritually dead and spiritual infants. And the key word for those two uh, areas uh, is share. And so today, tonight, we're going to look at uh, spiritual children, and that key word is connect. And the next week, we'll look at spiritual young adult. That word is minister, and then disciple for a spiritual parent. And so tonight, I wanted to kind of tell you, if you hear Mark or I use the word uh, phrase disciple maker, that phrase is interchangeable with spiritual parent. So if you hear spiritual parent, think disciple maker. If you hear disciple maker, think spiritual parent. And that role is... is taking a disciple and moving them along uh, the spiritual journey. And what we've been looking at is the will. And uh, just as a reminder, the will is uh, kind of a framework for us. It's not perfect, but it's, uh, it's a place for us to be able to, to start and, and have a discussion. So anyway, we're going to just jump right in uh, with the spiritual parent piece. Mark, how does a spiritual parent connect with a spiritual child. What, uh, what are some ways that a spiritual parent connects with a spiritual child? Uh, you think, think back to, I was, I was thinking about, about this this week, thinking back to when I first came to Christ and who was connecting with me, who, was my spirit, who, who were my spiritual parents. And obviously, I grew, up in a, um, I grew up in a home that knew Christ. It was investing in my life. My mom and dad were investing in my life, and just um, connecting with, with me and then some people along the, along the way, connecting in some pretty specific ways. Remember a guy that both of us know that uh, invested in my life. Um, first, first thing he, he did, first thing you have to do is you got to take time. You got to schedule that time. If you don't schedule, it's like anything else. It's not going to just happen. You got to be intentional about that. So you got to schedule time where I get to know the person that I'm trying to disciple and trying to make into a disciple. Uh, you got to listen to their story. Um, what are some things that are going on? We talked about this a little bit last week and getting to know that spiritually dead person, you get to know their story so you can connect them to Christ. 
now I want to I want to uh, I want to help this person connect to God better. I want to help them connect to uh, the local church mm-hmm. better, um, and uh, and I want to I want to help I want them to see the significance of that, and I want them to connect obviously with a place of service or their purpose. And so uh, you got to spend time. You got to listen to their story. Uh, share some of your story with them. I think sometimes people get the idea that the person who is discipling them has it all made. They got it all figured out. They never struggle and they never have struggled in their, in their spiritual journey, which is completely wrong for any of us. And so just sharing a little bit of their story, um, check up on them regularly. We're going to get to some of that here in a little bit, I think, as we talk about this. Hold them accountable for applying what they're learning about being a Christ follower. Um, here, here's, what's, here's what's crazy. Um, I think sometimes the longer we go in spiritual journey, at least my experience has been, the longer somebody's been a Christian, the more afraid they are of the word accountability and being accountable. But here's what's cool. A new Christian doesn't know any better. They just assume they're supposed to be accountable to somebody about this. You go into the places where we've we've been where um, there are unreached people groups and you bring somebody to Christ, they don't know any better than when you say, hey, I want you to go tell, tell your friends the stories that I just told you they don't know any better than just to go do it. And uh, so it's, it's great to watch them. But that's actually how, um, how we're to disciple them. So uh, just, just being intentional, again, is that, that key word for us uh, and holding them accountable. So, you know, these things you're learning, are you actually living these out? You can empathize, um, encourage them in their struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, everybody struggled with that. You know, you, there's, there's no temptations coming to your life. No, there's nobody else has... has um, has run into and, and gone through. And so just uh, being intentional about that in those yeah. ways. We, we've talked about this. One of the, uh, one of the foundational pieces of a, a disciple maker, and in this particular case with a, with a spiritual child, um, there is obviously a connection between the two there. Uh, spiritual parents walking alongside a spiritual child and, and one of our responsibilities as a spiritual parent is to connect them to God. And sometimes in those kind of situations, there can be an over-dependence of that spiritual child um, upon the, the spiritual parent. What, yeah. are, what are some, some ways, how does a spiritual parent really focus on walking alongside a spiritual child to make sure that they are connecting with God and they're, they're being careful, they're watching out for this overdependence that could take place. Yeah, and I think it's uh, there. There are a lot of parallels, obviously, to raising a child physically. And so, one of the ways that you, how does a child learn to walk? Uh, the parents not going to be there every time to catch the child before they fall. Mm-hmm. So you let them struggle. You let them kind of figure it out. Let them stumble a little bit. Don't always give them the answer. So when a when a child asks. Does that child learn better if I just give the answer? Does that child learn better if I say, here's where you can find the answer. Uh, Here's how you can begin to search this out on your own and then come back with them and make sure they're learning those things. But um, often what will happen is we unintentionally, and and I can't tell you how often I've seen this, especially somebody grows up in the same church all their life, how unintentionally we imprint our life on somebody else so that they become a duplicate of us rather than a disciple of Christ. I mean, Paul talked about that with, you know, some are of Apollos and some are, you know, with me and et cetera. And Paul said, that's that's not what we want to do. We want to make disciples of Christ. And so it's really sometimes it's best to hold back on, well, this would be the answer that I'm going to give. 
Mm-hmm. Rather than say, why don't you go to God's word? Tell me how you would search that out. Or let me tell you how you can use, you know, this tool or that tool, maybe to search it out for yourself and just learn through that. Now, they come back with the answer. Obviously, if they're out in left field with something completely, um, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help correct that a little bit. Right. But I want them to be a disciple of Christ. And that's, a, that's why it is important for us to let them kind of grow by trial and error. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, be there to constantly sort of pick them up, brush them off a little bit, just like you would a child, and just kind of just move them along. So don't do it all for them. Let, them. let them figure out some of those answers for themselves. Then they don't become your, a disciple of you. Right. Become a disciple of Christ. Very important. So just playing off the, the key word here, connect. Uh, our responsibility is connecting with God. Our responsibility is also to connect them to other disciples. Right. It, it, we, we have a lot of conversations where uh, we know those in the church and even outside of the church where they're, um, the difference between someone who's going through a conflict or a crisis who has other believers around them versus those that are pretty much isolated. Um, why is it important for uh, spiritual children to be surrounded by other disciples? I mean, that's kind of like the you know local church, even smaller, small group, thinking about uh, a family of believers. Why is that so important? You know, we keep going back to the word relationship over and over and over, having relationships. Why is it so important? Let me give a couple of let me give a couple of very specific examples. Let's take this past Sunday's message. Not easy to listen to, if you're listening to it. You know, not easy to hear and maybe process. And so somebody comes in here who's not connected to a small group. They hear a message like that that is like straight on challenge, right? And so they walk out of here maybe thinking, as even as hard as I tried not to make it that way, they walk out of here thinking. Wow, there's I just no way I'm going to make that, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. let's just bail out. Mm-hmm. But if I had somebody who could walk alongside me and say, you know, hey, uh, Mark, everybody struggles with this area or that area or the thing that he said there, and maybe have you thought about it this way? And, and so it's just somebody to kind of keep you between the ditch. If I feel like a spiritual failure in a church, my natural response is I just want to bail out. Mm-hmm. And um, I watch that a lot mm. where it's like, man, I, just, I can't, you know, be that or do that, so I'm just going to quit. I'll just bail out. If I'm connected to a small group of people where I can walk into their living room or I can walk into a room here on Sunday morning and say, you know, here's what I just heard. Honestly, this is where I'm struggling with that. You've got some people that can encourage you. We're called to spur one another on mm-hmm. uh, toward love and good deeds, good works, and so I need somebody who can kind of help me with that, um, and so if I stump my toe, I've got somebody there, too, as Galatians 6 talks about, you know, restoring that brother or sister and helping them kind of walk through that. Mm. This is a good place to process what God is teaching me. I don't see how a person, frankly, can come in here and sit on a Sunday morning and hear what, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and walk out of here and not have somebody else to process that with that is further down the road than they are mm-hmm. and say, I just need somebody to kind of help me think through this. And what God's just said to me. Mm. So, all right. So, part of the wheel, we're connecting them to God. We're connecting them to to other disciples. We're also connecting spiritual children to service or purpose. And 
looking at the wheel, there's a significant shift. There's a, there's a tension between a spiritual child and a spiritual young adult because there's a movement from self-centered to, to other-centered. And so part of uh, the responsibility of a spiritual parent is to, uh, to walk alongside a spiritual child and begin to, uh, to, to work on that shift that's taking place. Recognizing right. we have our part, God has his part, right. that disciple has their part. So what, um, why is it so important for spiritual children to be involved in service or connect them to, to purpose? Uh, how would you clarify the word service too? All right. Uh, connecting to service. Um, first of all, if you're not serving, you cannot grow, period. You stunt that growth. There's nowhere in Scripture that you find somebody who is a follower of Christ who is not serving somehow, some way, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know, we know you stunt your growth. Um, and I go back again to what it's like to, to parent a child. If, I, if, I had, if, if Leanne and I had let Brittany and Tiffany get to 22 years of age... They've graduated from college, but they've never had a responsibility ever in their life. You know, they never had chores to be done or they never had some kind of something they were responsible for. They're not going to function well in the real world. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens spiritually. If, if, if we can begin to get you in a place of service and we're still in this relationship, this discipling relationship, you go serve, you come back, ouch, that hurt. I don't, you know, I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to be doing. How was I going to do this? And, and uh, it, so they never get out of this me first mentality, this self-centeredness. But if I can walk back to you and you say, you need to stay in there. You need to stay in, in, in service and in a place where, where, you can, uh, where you can serve out of your purpose and, and the way God has made you. It's always, it's also, you know, we, we rely a lot tend to in evangelical world on on spiritual gift surveys and a lot of things it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine so i'll, I'll jump off of this so a little bit I'll, you, yeah i'm probably fixing to open a can of worms okay. that I, I probably shouldn't but spiritual gifts assessments i won't use the word survey uh spiritual gifts assessment is you know show me my gift kind of thing when the way you know i just can't i just never see anywhere where peter pulled one of those things out the first church goes hey man if you'll just take this survey we'll get you right into a place Peter and those guys walked alongside those people and said, you know what I see in you? I see this gift and that gift. You seem to be really passionate about this other thing. So now we're going to move you in a place of service based on what, you know, some people around you are seeing in you and, uh, and the obvious gifts that you have. I'm not saying I'm totally against spiritual gifts assessments, but I'm just, it just is bizarre to me how we've allowed other things to take the place of this relational aspect, you know mm-hmm. me better than anybody else, right. so help me understand how I plug in. And how I plug in serving, um, again, I think we're all waiting for the perfect job, you know, so I see myself as, um, you know, I see myself as a group leader of 93 people in my small group, right? So I'm some master teacher person. And so until that job becomes available, I don't do any other job. That's nowhere found in scripture. You find a mm-hmm. place of service. And it, it can be anything from rocking babies on Sundays to working in a parking lot to leading a small group. I mean, that's certainly you've got to have some of those. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to have a lot of those. So uh, I just think, I think we've polluted this whole thing of, well, I took my gift survey and I got these three gifts. And therefore, because my gift is leadership, I can't do A or B. Mm-hmm. And um, what you really need to do is just step up and do something, find that place of service. And it's our responsibility as spiritual parents to help people plug into some of that. How would you 
answer the question, like the, the examples that you gave there are, are on campus uh, serving mm -hmm. opportunities and in, in, in we, ha we have a lot of serving opportunities on campus. Right. What about the off campus? What about those things in the community? Right. How would you, uh, how would you encourage someone here tonight who has a passion for something that may not necessarily be set up in a Sunday morning or any any time the the church is open in a sense right. um, what would you say to that person who's saying man I, I see this I see a need that's what I'm excited about and they're just kind of on the fence trying to figure out if that's something that they should go do or not yeah um, there are Again, I kind of sometimes wonder how we've set this whole thing up. But when there are obvious needs in front of you, you are that person God has put there to see it. When the neighbor has the need, you meet the need. When the, when the community, when you see the thing in the community to be done, you do the thing in the community for the purpose of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those people on the other end of that. And so, you know, if we waited until the church organizes to do every little thing, uh, we're, we're never going to see a world turned upside down. And so serve out of, because you have been served in the most ultimate way by Christ, you now serve. And that was obviously what Christ told us we're, we're to be about doing. Good answer. Um, one of the things that spiritual parents are going to run into often with uh, not just spiritual children, but spiritual infants as well, and even spiritual young adults. But tonight we're specifically talking about the area of conflict in helping spiritual children uh, walk through conflict. And there, there's going to be co conflict because there's changes being made. There's a lifestyle change. There, there's things that are happening spiritually within that person that, number one, I think the enemy's going to be at work. Um, life gets difficult, and so... But one of the good things about conflict is what we can say is you've got conflict, I've got conflict, all God's children have conflict, right? And if we're just brutally honest, that's just the way that it is. How does a disciple maker, spiritual parent, come alongside a spiritual child to help them resolve conflict? Primary way is to model it in a healthy way. And when I say a healthy way, Scripture is very clear about laying out some steps for that. We acknowledge the conflict. Uh, that the conflict actually exists. I go to the person in private to deal with the conflict. Uh, if that spiritual baby child, beyond infancy to childhood, if that spiritual child sees me, hears me talk about a brother or sister in Christ who, um, we'll just label it gossip just to, for shortening the terms tonight, but if they hear me say something negative about a brother or sister in Christ, that's now their model. And that must be okay to do that, right? This person's further down the road. They're supposed to have known Christ for 20 years, and I see them do that, so that must be okay for me to do. Mm -hmm. Rather than do that, to come back and model healthy ways of handling that conflict, asking forgiveness, forgiving the person if they've wronged you, if the person's in sin, then I go to that brother or sister and I say, you know, here's some things I see in your life. We talked a little bit about that Sunday, but here's some things from Scripture. Here's where I think you're missing that restore that relationship that you've got with that person. And so I just think the biggest key there is modeling. But then when you see that spiritual child in conflict, to be able to take that spiritual child and say, okay, here are, here are the next three or four steps that you really need to take in, in resolving that conflict that you've got with this person. So mm -hmm. it's pushing them a little bit, encouraging them to take the right steps as well. Mm -hmm. 
All right, last question. Um, just thinking about the, the key word tonight, connect. Um, get, getting ready for tonight, and even looking at the, the questions that are around the tables, uh, the word investment has been coming to my mind uh, mm -hmm. repeatedly. This is an investment, and I think about the culture that we live in. We, we, we live in a consumer-driven culture. What we're trying to do here is, is the exact opposite of that. This requires... Uh, time and energy and effort. So we're, we're making an, an investment. And our job as a disciple makers is to invest in the lives of others. That's what we've been called to do. And I mean, what would happen in our church when everyone starts participating at this level? If we're all spiritual parents in here, what, what happens to this place? <laughs> this place changes completely. Um, we're we began to see people who don't know Christ obviously come to Christ because we're starting with sharing the gospel with spiritually dead people. Seeing people come to Christ, obviously. Seeing people grow up in their faith, mature in their faith. Less and less of this consumer mentality, more and more of really I'm here to, I'm really here to, to serve, I'm really here to give. We, you know, I don't mean just give money, I just mean give my, my life. I'm here to invest in other people and see that replicated. Frankly, right now, I'm, you and I have been in a lot of conversations about this in the last several months. Um, as a pastor, I grow weary of seeing the destroyer pick off families uh, from around the edges, people that are not plugged in with a disciple maker, with a, with, with a small group of any kind. And I just watch, I just watch Satan pick them off, and then, and then I just watch them walk away. And nobody, you know, we, we just seem not to be able to um, connect with them, keep up with them. And, and uh, so I, I think families are transformed. I think you see more people involved, obviously, if everybody gets it and understands we're here to serve and share and do that kind of stuff. Uh, I think, I think, you're, I think you're the folks in your next generation staff would probably wonder, what am I going to do with all my time? Because I spent all my time now recruiting people. Wow, now yeah. I actually get to train people. I get to, I get to set strategy. I get to do some other things. And so it just changes everything we do. If we understand why we're here, we understand we're here to, to make disciples and, and invest in other people's lives. There's an eternity's difference here. And, uh, and I, still, I see us still chasing so much temporal mm -hmm. uh, uh, activity and so many temporal values. And uh, if we just realize, and the only thing that's going to last forever are people in God's word, obviously, yeah. but the only, thing we're, the only things that are going to last forever. Mm -hmm. So let's shift this thing. Yes, and, and focus where we, we, we need to be focused. Yeah. I, f I feel like the current is just ripping through, and Clearview as a church is just trying to drive the stake in the ground, say this is what we're about, this is where we're headed. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited, just, looking, just going through this process and the conversations I see around the table here, the tables, uh, and even outside of just what's going on Wednesday nights. Um, I don't know, I just something happening there that I'm excited about. It's for me personally, just the, uh, my prayer time's different. Uh, I feel like the warfare is up. I feel, you know, like I feel, you know, like what you said, I just feel like Satan's just, all right, you're going to do this. I'm, I'm right there battling with you. I'm just thinking about us as a, you know, they use the analogy uh, um, getting in the game, being, being on the same team. Yep. And uh, so, anyway. Uh, it's good stuff. I really hope that you guys are enjoying this. I really hope that the conversations are good around the table. And uh, for you tonight, and this is where I am, it's like, who, who has God placed around me 
um, that's a spiritual child or a spiritual infant that has just been hanging out there and I've just been missing it, who is that person for you? It's just like right there. Guys, place that person in your life. This is, this is who I can uh, put my arms around and walk through this journey with. Maybe someone here in the church that God's placed with you. Maybe it's in a small group. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's family.